following program may contain forced language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Welcome to another episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me I have... Hey everybody, it's V-Lord GTZ. And... Hey, it's Duelist. And making her return to the podcast... It's your favorite demon cat gone from a long absence. Happy Curl Kitty. Well, welcome back everybody. How y'all doing? Missed you guys. And we missed you. Boy, it, 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 it almost would have been maybe the time that we all went to Anime Expo. Well, except Duelist. I know. <laughs> Sorry, Duelist. I would be in L.A. right now enjoying the sunshine and the beach, except for the fact that, dun-dun-dun, COVID-19. Yeah. So instead, I'm stuck at home like all the rest of you all. And we'll all figure it out together, guys. Just like the commercials keep telling us over and over and over again. So sick of all those commercials. It's like, Burger King is here for you. It's like, you you (laughs) shut up, Burger King. If you were here for me, I'd be eating a rodeo cheeseburger right now. Guys, you know who else is here for you? All your banks and every service you ever subscribe to. And all those other fucking places that are sending you emails telling you how they're all here for you. Just Yay. let me sit in my basement and be a sad V-Lord. <laughs> Don't so, you mean Darrell's basement? <laughs> I travel from my basement to that basement. Don't worry, I'm following social distancing while doing it. Good. Very good. <laughs> well, in the very least, our friends at home, you're all feeling the same pain we are with the uh, obsessive commercialization of the COVID-19. But thank God we have anime to keep us occupied, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yes and no. Ooh. It's <laughs> been a good time to just get too much into, into that. I mean, that, uh, that turned dark. <laughs> I mean, sure, we had to wait a little longer for the next batch of sword art. But hey, at least Fire Force is coming on time. Woohoo! And good shows. Hmm. Wait, what? Oh, Julius! Oh, down the fire. I like Fire Force. I am Josh. Hater, you Shonen hater. He uh, he hasn't seen enough Fire Force. Probably not. But uh, since I did mention conventions, there actually will be conventions of sorts, and uh, Toonami Faithful will be doing our best to cover them. We got a couple coming up this uh, weekend. We're recording this on. Wednesday, the 1st of July, and uh, later this weekend, there will be both a Funimation convention and Anime Expo Light. So, even though we can't go to AX in person, we kind of get a similar experience online for free. Except way less stressful. Way less stressful. You were doing AX wrong, guys. I had no stress last year from AX. Well... Even when the earthquake hit? Oh, oh, that was actually really exciting. (laughs) 
<laughs> I almost forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> I thought it was the alcohol when it happened. <laughs> hey, Lord, didn't oh the earthquake hit during Promare? Yes, it did. And the trigger staff made earthquake jokes. It was amazing. <laughs> wow. And now you can get Promare on uh, Blu-ray. How about that? Yeah. That was quick. Pretty cool. Good movie. Check it out. Go buy it. It's amazing. It's a masterpiece. Oh, unfortunately, I ordered the deluxe edition, so maybe August. <laughs> That's even better, Dula. Speaking of deluxe edition blues, I I decided to throw money at the uh, the uh, uh, which which thing was it? Kick the Kickstarter for for the wonderful one hundred and one. So I don't have my copy yet because <laughs> I have to wait. I will say that the uh, occasional nice thing about uh, running out of money is if you pre-ordered something nice that doesn't come out for months, uh, you'll get a nice surprise at a time when you uh, can't afford anything. It's almost like rummaging through a pocket and finding money. Yeah, that was yours to begin with. (laughs) (laughs) But let me tell oh, you some, I remember this. some glorious <laughs> things that I, you know, I was just rummaging through some bags that I had lying around and I found cleaning wipes. Hey, oh my God. That's a commodity these days. Yeah. yeah, it the is. The true gold. That is, that is gold right now. <laughs> Absolute gold. Though it is getting a little easier to get hand sanitizer. God, I'm drowning in hand sanitizer and I don't even use this stuff. I actually saw some Purell recently. Actual name brand Purell? Yeah, not this like oh. stuff that was made by a company that never made hand sanitizer before. I that, like that the company rare. that makes the whiskey I buy locally is making hand sanitizer. I can get my whiskey and my hand sanitizer, though I don't know whether or not I should even bother. <laughs> <laughs> Just use whiskey instead of hand sanitizer. I'm just saying. <laughs> They're Basically, both cleansing. To the same thing, right? Do not do shots to hand sanitizer. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Ma'am, why no. do you smell like alcohol? Officer, I promise, I just put a shot on my hands so before I was touching the wheel. That's it, that's it. <laughs> that's absolutely true. <laughs> One of the other drivers showed me that she has a spray bottle with just alcohol in it and uses it for disinfecting purposes and i'm like that's a good idea <laughs> so I, I, started, like, hey, whatever works. I started doing that kind of thing i'm like hmm i got this a little too close to my face and now it tastes like i've had alcohol because <laughs> there's I no way that'll be become a problem <laughs> no way that's gonna be a problem no way Absolutely right that's not. so what are we here to talk about tonight well our main topic will be finally discussing the rest of Loop on the Third Part 5. It took a while to gather a panel of folks who were passionate enough. And also, I was really bad about watching this show, and I only maybe two weeks ago finished watching half of it. And I might be to blame for him finishing it, at least. (laughs) On the bright side, this delay will give us all a chance to relive how much the people who did enjoy it can enjoy it all over again. So... See this is a positive in the year of 2020. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> with the with the lack of new things coming to Toonami, it's good to have a backlog of things that we haven't talked much about. Yeah, so, 
There'll be more of that, for sure. I'm hatching plans to record a discussion on Food Wars with Mr. Durrell and also Paul and CJ. The band. What am I doing my Genlock review? I suppose we could probably talk about Genlock a second time, but the first time we talked about it, it was practically over. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think I picked something old enough for that joke to be as funny as it could have been. <laughs> the duelist is always hassling me about podcasts that were never released. Mm-hmm. So whenever I'm like, hey, you want to be on this podcast? He's like, well, is it going to be released? <laughs> yes. Fair enough. In theory. <laughs> like articles I write that become outdated because it takes me so long to write them. I know that feel. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah that totally happened to me when i was trying to i was gonna write like at the in the middle of uh last year around the time that lupon started airing tsunami was kind of looking a little shabby and people were concerned about them not bringing in fresh content boy they could not have been more wrong <laughs> yeah there was so much new content on the horizon my it wasn't gosh the freshiest. it was crazy but at the time, we were looking, it's like, okay, so Food Wars was just announced. That's really cool. They got another Lupin coming. They got another Gundam coming. I mean, it was fresh off of that uh, Momocon panel. And I gotta say that that Momocon panel <laughs> was <laughs> not the most exciting thing. <laughs> so I, I, I yeah. do still wonder if they made promos for several things that they then had to shelf. Ah, uh, boy. I hope that we maybe will be able to see those someday. <laughs> well, since we're talking about Toonami lineups, might as well bring up the recent news about yes. DBS. Mm, DBS, yes. Well, mm-hmm. in the previous episode of the podcast that was released, we had a long conversation about what the hell is Toonami going to do now that My Hero Academia is finally finishing season four. And... I think we all sooner assumed that they would just rerun My Hero Academia or get something else. Oddly enough, and it should have been our first instincts, nobody really thought, huh, maybe they'll play Dragon Ball Super again. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what they're gonna do. Mm Mm-hmm. Yay. So starting this holiday weekend they'll be having a dragon ball super marathon that covers the uh, zamasu fight in the future trunks arc for eight episodes they're actually extending the block for uh, an extra hour for that purpose and all we know beyond that is that they say the universe survival arc will be kicking off toonami the following saturday july 11th at midnight we don't know anything about the rest of the lineup and that does leave a few questions because they can rerun My Hero Academia and they're just about to take it off of its weekday morning slot, which, by the way, it was at 5.30 in the morning for the past month or so. So I wouldn't say it's out of the realm of possibility that somewhere they'll find a place to stick My Hero Academia reruns. Why it's not just at the top of Toonami. You got me. <laughs> I really hope it's not going to be at 12.30. That would suck. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. 
To say I'm excited about Dragon Ball Super coming back would be very incorrect. (laughs) I'm pretty annoyed, all things considered, and may delve into those thoughts at a later date. But, look, in this time, they are running out of material that they can rerun. They still have it under contract. It just makes sense to use Dragon Ball Super in some capacity. So, it is what it is. We can certainly hope that when, say, Paranoia Agent and the first season of Mob wrap up, they inject some new content. What I'm not heavily convinced of is that said new content will not end up behind Dragon Ball Super, which I'm not thrilled about. Anybody else have thoughts? Yeah, I'm pretty neutral on this. Like, I'm not opposed to Super coming back to the block. Uh, I guess it being the front runner of the block is a bit kind of annoying because, like, no one wants a rerun in the front. That's just not fun. But given current circumstances, it kind of makes sense, and I can't really complain about it. Like, it's going to be there. And eventually we're going to get new shows. So we just got to wait it out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like Delilah's a wash, but there is hope for August, especially because they have uh, their own Adult Swim convention happening the last Saturday in July, which will be the night that Paranoia Agent wraps up. And they say they will be talking about Uzumaki and Blade Runner. But there will also be other show announcements. Just watch it be Shield Hero. I mean, Jason says he likes it. Still not entirely believing that. He (laughs) also seems he by 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 a lack of response seems to maybe not have seen ReZero. No, he admitted that he has not seen ReZero. Which makes me a sad boy, because I want ReZero so bad. I feel like at this point, it might be a little late for ReZero, to be honest. I mean, when everybody was hyped for it, it made sense. But given the trend of how they're trying to time their releases, and and that's even saying being a couple seasons behind My Hero, it worked out well for them in that case. But um, I'm I'm just not convinced it's going to come on Toonami. I. And as far as the DBS stuff is concerned, I'm really indifferent because it seems like, of course, they were going to rerun. Way back when this started in March, Jason said straight up that they were probably going to do this. So and and DBS has always had great hit, hit with numbers for fans. So, you know, I guess people who love it will love it and people who don't care just watch it anyway. So That'll be me. I'm indifferent. I've seen it. I don't need to see it again. But if you love it, please watch by all means. I mean, throwing Super on there, it, it, it's at least it's gonna people are gonna watch it. It is one might be able to call it a comfort a food in this uh, mm-hmm. uncertain time, I guess. It's very bingeable. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a very safe choice. Yeah. yeah. And that's what's disappointing. I won't argue. Because I feel like at this time, in this year, what better time to try something different? I mean, they you know are running Ball Masters. <laughs> True. 
And I appreciate Jen, that. You make an excellent point. I didn't even think of it that way. Because they can't the rely risks. on the newest, greatest stuff because they're not available. They're not dubbed. So taking a look at the backlog, trying something they wouldn't normally get, it'd be great. Now, the biggest hindrance to that, as we've said time and time again on this podcast, is they don't have the budget. <laughs> so, yeah. And I've been championing yeah, but nobody this Nobody has thought. any money right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. This is what I've been championing since the beginning of this all, where we kept on losing time slots and kept on getting additional reruns. Is it, hey, look, they want to be able to spread out their budget so that they're not using all of their new content at the same time. My problem with this is we're coming on July now. We're halfway through the year. This, after My Hero Academia Season 4 has finally finished, and by the way, it would have finished sooner if not for various hangups. So what was the plan? We don't know for sure. I think their plan for the year might have been very different originally. Much well, like everyone's. Yes, exactly. But if there ever was a time when it would have been really, really good to be like, hey, here's something new. Now. Now was that time. And they didn't deliver, and it annoys me. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Honestly, I think it, this it whole situation is a... kind of like two sides of a coin. Like, yes, you could take risks right now and see what works, but given the low budget, it also makes sense to do low-risk decisions like running Super, because Super is consistent yeah. uh, ratings getter that will do well mm -hmm. in really whatever slot it's in. So... It, it makes sense, but, like, it definitely makes sense why people are disappointed in it, too. So it, it's kind of a lose-lose situation. Yeah. But, like I said, July looks like a wash, but there is hope for August, and I will continue to believe that. Just It <sighs> might be a good that. time to get, a, to get the price out for an Anaplex. I'm just saying. Paul's dream. <laughs> Paul's dream. We don't... We have no idea what it takes to get a show right now, and that's another factor. If there is some serious barriers in being able to acquire anything right now, that's understandable. And to that, you know, maybe they already paid for the second season of Fire Force. We don't know. So that's something that's potentially on the horizon. I'm darn sure... They've already paid for the next batch of SAO. I'm sure that was all together. So there's going to be new content eventually. But for now, Dragon Ball. Enjoy it if you want. Yeah, it's a waiting game. Mm -hmm. So I guess it'd be about time to really get into this Lufa on the third conversation. And there's quite a bit to Woo! cover. Yes. yes. I don't know. Lupin stealing the show. Huh. Well, well played, sir. Well played. I like it. So the last time we talked about this show, we had only seen about three episodes. And I was listening back to that conversation just today and like, you know what? Actually, this all holds up pretty well, except I made the statement that I felt like this one was a more linear story than part four. Not really. It's about the same. Because this season seems to have about four major arcs that were multiple episodes. And then other than that, 
It's like Gus and Michelle standalone complex. <laughs> Basically, yeah. uh, like part four was was essentially like two big arcs with episodic episodes spliced in between. While part five, like you said, is like four different chunks with various episodic stuff sliced in between. Yeah. I think they made it work really well for this model. They took all the sort of, as you described it, the more family-esque nature of part four and added in the old school, edgier nature, a little bit of the sexual content, a lot of the violence. So it was a good mishmash of previous Lupins and then Lupin moving forward. I, I really enjoyed it. I found it fun to watch overall. It was just a fun show, especially at its time slot. It made it like really refreshing to watch it after all the things we were watching at that time. So I, I, I give it an overall, um, I'd say 3.5 out of five. Mm, rating already. <laughs> I give it a five out of five. It's perfection. Okay, I love fine. it. Are you three sure? and three quarters out of five. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, uh, honestly, I feel Part 5 is kind of a tribute to really the entire Lupin franchise, at least the anime side yes. of it. Like, yes. Especially, like, all, like, the little, like, uh, kind of, like, episodes where it's kind of, like, Lupin with, like, the different jackets and stuff. Like, you can see mm -hmm. all these, like, more wackier Part 3 references, a little more mm -hmm. of a gritty Part 1, and the more heist-style Part 2. It all really kind of flows together, and you can really tell that it took a lot of the elements that made part four work and refined them to like a T. And this is probably the best Lupin has been in a kind of modern format in ages. Yeah. I think it's really interesting that you bring up the modernity of it, uh, V Lord, because I felt like that was a huge theme throughout the whole series. Right off the bat, they make him trying to steal technology which is like you you see him as sort of a figure of the old school gentleman thief you know stealing the heist it's it's sort of a classic theme and then here he is trying to break into this underground uh tower of uh, and and steal like a whole system and and like the equivalent of bitcoin which they call bit money you know it's really like him trying to enter in the next generation of what of what a stealing would be and and you see like in some ways he's a bit conflicted with it but in other ways he's really trying to embrace the technology and i i thought that was a really fun way to, to do that yeah and such a fascinating dynamic like i remember when they first announced that part five was going to be heavily technology focused i had mixed feelings because like lupon and technology what's he gonna do cyber hack everyone <laughs> but like it really works and it has such a great commentary on loop on this like like classic gentleman thief having to face modern society and like really kind of the question of is someone like Lupin really <clears throat> relevant and can he like actually survive in this type of environment which is Absolutely. really cool to see and then later towards the end of the season they have a character who suggests that somebody like Lupin doesn't need to exist in the modern world and that heroes are dead and gentlemen thieves are passe. So they really bring that full circle by the end. And wouldn't you know it? it 
Lupin proves him wrong. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and in the end, Lupin isn't the hero hero. He's kind of a bit of an anti-hero, if you will. He's, you know, he steals. So that very aspect of his nature makes him imperfect. And yet we love him because he, he adapts. He's very skilled. He can, he can do things. He can disguise himself and, and that makes him heroic in a weird sense. So it's it's just it's very cool to see him take what is classic Lupin and bring it into the next uh, uh, generation. I, I liked it a lot. It was fine. It was enjoyable. Yeah, I think one of the other like really great things about Part Five that they continued from Part Four is that they brought back in like recurring cast members for the series. Like you had. Ami and you had a uh, Lupin's kind of rival and like a uh, peer from his old thievery days, uh, Albert. And having these type of characters that kind of keep showing up is really cool because like sometimes it feels like Lupin's kind of just like stuck in time. But bringing in these like <clears throat> new characters really kind of keeps it a lot more fresh, especially since mm-hmm. they're good and well-written characters too. Like, it, it really kind of spices up the formula in a nice way. I will also say that I think Part 5 managed to do that kind of a thing a little better than Part 4. I would agree. Yeah. I guess I just, oh, I love the very least, Nix. I, That's fair. <laughs> yeah, like, Nix I love, but, uh... Like, I, I can definitely see with, like, say, Rebecca, or, like, Rebecca, no, I thought was entertaining. you. Say nothing about Rebecca. <laughs> I love her. I mean, I, I, I love Rebecca, too. She's, she's great, but I feel like she didn't get as much characterization as, say, Ami in Part 5. Yeah, fair enough. Now, that's an interesting juxtaposition to what you said in the previous conversation. Because you were going to bat for Rebecca and saying that though you like Ami, that she's not as good as Rebecca. So, hmm, interesting. Honestly, by the time I got through the entire dub, I definitely loved Ami a lot more. Like, I feel initially, like, she has less of of a personality, but that's intentional. And you see her really grow into her character throughout the series. And I think because you see that entire journey for her character... That gets you a lot more attached to her. Well, the other element of that is Ami is not a sexual rival for um, his girlfriend. She She's not an object of lust or love. She's clearly more of a child, despite her being a bit more mature, considering her experiences. So Lupin takes a more protective uh, stance on her, which gives a lot more flexibility for the writers, for, for her character, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that also kind of brings up a good thing. Uh, Fujiko's kind of involvement in Part 5 is definitely a lot different than previous Lupin series, I feel. Like, she's definitely more in a uh, kind of, like, yeah, more more of, like, a backseat, like, overseeing role of sorts. Like, they kind of, like, establish this kind of, like, tension between, like, her and Lupin. But, like, Fujiko is definitely a lot more kind of distant to the gang compared to before, which I think is interesting, but it's also a bit of a detriment because I, I love Fujiko. She's one of like my favorite Lupin characters. So not seeing her do a lot was kind of sad, but what they did between like her and Lupin was still really fascinating. Yeah. 
And uh, maybe less is more with Fujiko because, like, the episode Fujiko's Gift being a highlight with Fujiko other than um, her involvement in Ami's second arc is... I don't know. I felt like this this was a really enjoyable dynamic that they had going on, and clearly her relationship with Lupin is complicated, and they really explore that in this one. I don't know how I feel about how uh, Fujiko moves the story along in the last arc. That seemed a little questionable, but I think overall they did a good job of showing us a different facet of Fujiko. Like, she's totally a femme fatale, and, like, when the opportunity arises, she's she's gonna go for the kill. <laughs> and she, you know, she just shows up at the right place at the right time in this uh, season and makes for a good addition to whatever story she's involved in. So I like that. She, she's a little do sex machina for my taste. It's convenient. She's got this wide ver, uh, ver, variety of talents and then she shows up and like saves the day or does the right thing or is the right cover. And I don't know, I guess, I guess I got hooked on like having Rebecca as a potential rival for the last series that made me sort of get over Fujiko. And I, I have to say, I enjoyed her not being as featured in this because I love the way for example, Goemon, and, and like, I love the way Lupin's friends see Fujiko as such a problem because I totally get it. She's constantly <laughs> creating issues for all of them, putting them at odds, and, and you know, you see them totally despise her, and it makes, you know, her withdrawal make total sense because, like, it's, it's interfering with the guy's friendship. You know, she's, she's interrupting the boys' club and not in a good way. So I... I I enjoyed it. I know that's the unpopular p opinion of the night, and I'm fine with that. But I, I was glad to see other character development, as uh, Bueller mentioned. Yeah, I think the absence of Fujiko definitely helps at least, like, Jigen and Goemon get more screen time in a way. Like, mm. I feel like most Lupin parts really kind of don't do a lot with Goemon. Like, mm. he's kind of just there, cutting things up really cool-like. But mm. he doesn't get a lot of characterization, usually. But I feel in part five, like, they at least gave him some dedicated episodes where, like, you can at least get a feel of, like, the type of character he is. And, like, you can clearly tell that he's the one that's struggling the most with, like, modern technology. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. him struggling to use a phone in the rain and, like, stuff like that. Like, it's, it's pretty, like, entertaining. And it's kind of fun seeing this, like, more humorous side of him outside of, like, and action. Yeah. And the series totally makes a joke out of it. They constantly are talking about being you know, out of time and, and sort of a, um, anachronism. And, you know, he, and even more so, he his friendship with Lupin becomes really apparent during the Albert arc where he saves him for being shot. Like, it's the one time where Lupin, you think it's a joke, you think he's got a plan, and he's shot, and it's like, oh, I'm sure there's, the next episode's gonna show this all work out, and it's like, no, no, it didn't fucking work out. He barely survived. His friends had to go and save his ass. And that was like, wow, that's actually way more awesome, and I like that better than him having some crazy plan to get out of that. Yeah, and the other, like, great uh, Goemon and Lupin moment is, like, in the, like, final arc, too, where, like, uh, they mention how, like, Goemon and Lupin used to be, like, enemies. Like, in the manga and in 
part one of the anime, Goemon started off as, like, a villain. And, like, it brings up, like, what happened to that? Did you lose your spark, Goemon? Like, are, are you just, like, one of, like, Lupin's cronies now? And it's, like, it's one of those things that you don't think about because, like, Lupin has kind of just become this timeless franchise where things aren't really supposed to change. But then you have this, like, like thing that just breaks all of that. And it, Goemon actually just starts fighting Lupin like he means it. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, practically to the death. Good thing it's fresh in your mind, Sketch. <laughs> <laughs> well, that part is. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah. I, I think a really great singular episode was the one with... Uh, going on in that one town kind of taking a security job and having to constantly pay for everything. <laughs> that was a funny episode. <laughs> I enjoyed that one a lot. You do wonder where they get all their money. I mean, like they steal a shit ton of stuff, but they seem to always be in the most ramshackle places, barely able to make their, their lunch fare. So it, it was a good illustrator of how quickly they likely blow, blow through all their loot, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, they also say multiple times throughout this season that Lupin's not really about the loot. He's about the challenge. Mm-hmm. It's an addiction. He just, he just wants to prove he can do it. The brain power one, though, was a really stupid episode. I'm sorry. It was. Sorry. That was the episode that episode. my friend was like, I'm done. <laughs> oh. Like, oh, come on. I mean, it gets better. No. <laughs> I mean, well, I feel the brain power one's supposed to be intentionally stupid, though. It's, a, it's definitely a throwback to part three. Yeah. Oh. Good old wacky part three. I mean, I appreciate it from a distance, but yeah, it's... <laughs> like he has to turn his brain completely off in order to crack the safe uh, I want to turn my brain completely off thanks <laughs> oh, if only sir. <laughs> it, was, it was so bad I kept waiting for it to get funny and it didn't it just got stupider and then like didn't you just on. love it when those brothers cameoed at the end of the season I'm like oh, oh hey my God. Uh, I guess these guys exist in this timeline. <laughs> guys, but we all learned a very important lesson. Eat your fucking fish oil That's and you'll right. be smart. That's right. It's very important. And raw, like tear the head off of the fish, like straight up. That's how you're going to get smart, just like the cartoon shows. That is about on par with... Uh, <laughs> Somebody being completely depleted of all the iron in their body and then eating somebody else's blood to get it back. I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure. Sure, JoJo, that's how that works. <laughs> nice reference. <laughs> God, I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, sometimes these things are just ridiculous. So... In the previous conversation, we talked a bit about the first arc, at least the first three episodes of it, in which Lupin steals some digital currency, makes some 
very wealthy people on the internet very mad and turns his whole life around by trying to track him down using a Lupin game in which people flood social media with sightings of Lupin, which is kind of a bad thing, but Lupin defeats him by just flooding social media with his, you know, flooding social media can be very useful. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all I'm going to say about that. But, uh, yeah, what a great way to combat that by, you know, taking control of the feed. And uh, at the end of that, it seems like Lupin's in dire straits as he's going up against all these other assassins. And you get some great moments between Lupin and Zenigata where they clearly show the respect for each other. And it ends with uh, uh, Ami, the girl he rescued from the tower, ending up at a private school. And that kind of moves us on to another arc but before that there is an arc where lupon is requested by his old mentor to uh uh look into some uh, stolen paintings trying to find a picasso forgery and this all leads to him butting heads with his uh, old rival partner a thief in training friend Albert, who is now very high up in the government. And there's this whole deal about trying to track down this little black book with some very important information about some looking the other way that the French police did. So topical. (laughs) Yes. Corruption, bribery, history, past lives—it had a little of everything. It was a—it was a fun arc to explore. I think it needed to be another episode long, though, because it—it it was a lot of complexity. Um, you can't talk about Lupin's past and then just breeze by. Oh, here's this guy Gaston. Boom, and here's this former rival. Where boom, like okay, that's great, but give us a little bit more character development. But it was actually one of my favorite arcs through this whole season because you see how he goes into his past. He almost dies. His current friends rescue him. And then he teams up with his old friend. I don't know. (laughs) Whatever they friend of me will say it it was, it was fun just to see the elements kind of like go up and down, you know, go up against this other government, non-government agency. And I, I, I liked it. Again, I would have made it one more episode longer to, to give it a little bit more background. But yeah, I they always say crammed that. a lot into that. I mean, at some point they were fighting against <clears> these <throat> assassins, and oh, oh boy, Lupin and the boys did—they just killed those sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah, where did the assassins come from? I never got that. It was like they came out of nowhere. <sighs> they were hired by somebody, weren't they? Hired by Albert? I don't they? know. Maybe. No. No, no, they he because they came after him. They were they were after the book themselves. I don't know. That was the part that I didn't like because it didn't quite explain it good enough for my taste. But yeah. it was still fun art. I I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> but, what? Yeah. I think I think it was a good arc. Uh, like you pointed out that moment where it seems like oh, Lupa didn't just get shot and killed here. Come on. <laughs> oh wait. Oh, 
Oh dang. Yeah, shit got real. <laughs> there there were multiple times when Lupin had quite a brush with death in this season. Multiple times. Pretty much once in every major arc. <laughs> it was good for him though. Yeah, he needs to realize he's not invincible. <laughs> yeah, so he, next, he's yeah. definitely not walking it off. No, no. <laughs> he, uh, he, he needed a lot of recoup time. So the next well, major arc... his age. Yeah, oh yeah. The next major arc involves Ami, and uh, she befriends a girl at school who's kind of different from everybody else, and nobody else seems to want to hang out with her. Her name is Dolma. She's quite a good shot with the arrow, <laughs> and she turns out to be a princess of a, a kingdom that's going through some, you know, typical turmoil. And mm. some uh, some guys show up and try to kidnap her and try to kidnap the other girls. And Fujiko shows up to foil those plans. So uh, eventually, Lupin and the gang kind of catch wind of this and they go to help Ami and they all get wrapped up in this whole situation and well <laughs> there's there's a lot of little details that I'm fuzzy on <laughs> regarding this arc <laughs> maybe because when Dulles and I were first trying to get back to watching this show we picked an <laughs> episode and didn't realize that it was, like, the third episode in this arc. <laughs> mm, that was a bit awkward. Yeah. Well, I partially blame that on the uh, lousy way that DVRs are handling Toonami shows lately. I know. It's like, uh, oh, hey, how about an episode number or an episode title? That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> or, oh, you didn't record because it thought it was a different episode that was already recorded? Ah, it's fantastic. Thank you. Preach. <laughs> but I, I digress. I just, it was all kind of a blur. But in, in the end, Dolma, Ami's friend, ends up becoming, you know, the new leader of her country. And there's uh, some uh, political corruption that's getting taken care of. You know. The usual. <laughs> and in the middle of that, Ami and Fujiko spend some quality time. Uh, and Ami just basically grills Fujiko and like, what's your relationship with Lupin? <laughs> and Fujiko's like, oh, you sweet girl. <laughs> and that is not the last time that they have a conversation like that. <laughs> Because in the last arc, uh, some technology mogul named, uh, uh, what was his name? Uh, Enzo. Enzo Braun is the president of a global IT company called Shake Hands. Handshakers, anyone? No. No, I knew you were going to do that. Ugh, if only CJ was here to hear it. No. He has a... Uh, his company's new app called PeopleLog, which is, is a service that's linking facial recognition to global databases and really spying on people very badly. And naturally, various government organizations are like, you shouldn't do that. 
<laughs> and yet this is another thing that is totally relatable as this is something that is happening in current world events. Like, man, <laughs> I picked a good time to do all this stuff. Yeah. Mine is just all wearing face masks now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if only there were a couple of face masks in there at some point. Which is a little surprising because, I mean, that's pretty common in Asia. But then again, this isn't supposed to take place in Asia most of the time. So there's that, I suppose. Uh, yeah. So, this guy firmly believes that uh, gentlemen thieves are passe and there's nothing that people log can't tell you about anything. And he uses people log to kind of socially manipulate various people, including uh, Goemon. <clears throat> he kind of badgers him into actually fighting Lupin for real for the first time in forever. <clears throat> and, you know, you might be thinking, hmm, Ami's this super smart hacker girl, and she was abandoned by her father. Who could her father be? <laughs> Very surprising that it's this guy, right? <laughs> but you know what? His immediate reaction to finding out, finding his long-lost daughter is just unbelievably cold. Just like, oh yeah, you're here too. Oh yeah, put her over there with the furniture. Yeah, put her over well, there with he, Fujiko in the cage. He sold her into uh, child pornography, so... Yeah. What wouldn't, wouldn't really expect that. So that is to say, at the very end, where he has the epiphany that heroes are not dead after all, and I don't even know how I feel about him being like, oh, I do want to be your father. Like, no, man. <laughs> I believe you're in second chances, shit. but you're a piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a quick turncoat. It's like, okay, we're looking for a happy ending. Got it. Cool. No. The happy ending I wanted was the one where he's eliminated. That would have made me happy. Yeah. I mean, he he made a lot of enemies. <laughs> With the government in particular. So, the government was gonna, like, attack his little island. But he ends up, you know, getting away. <laughs> That's quite a sequence, by the way, when they're busting out of the building and running down it. <laughs> Uh, like they're just straight up running down the side of the building it's like this is so lupon it, it certainly is and uh, as i mentioned before there's some neat cameos that happen in that last episode and in fact rebecca shows up she plays into the plan in some respect and also brings a pizza <laughs> you can never go wrong with pizza old is... girl knows how to eat that's true that is very true yeah. <laughs> and it didn't have pineapples. Ah, because that would be... Well, let's not get into that. I like pineapple pizza. You're off, you're off the podcast right now! <laughs> no! <laughs> Time to go to podcast jail. You know, I feel like there was uh, at some point that I, that I didn't hate uh, Canadian bacon and pineapple pizza. It, it can work. But when people are like, pepperoni and pineapple, I'm like, 
The pepperoni and pineapple so good. And then other people were like, sardines and pineapple. Okay, that's just gross. Oh my god, you're no one gonna make me throw up. Ugh. It's very, very salty, very sweet. <laughs> no, no. <clears throat> no, 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 no. <laughs> so in the middle of that last arc, uh, Fuchiko doesn't so much get captured as, like, shows up at their doorstep and is like, hey, <laughs> you don't have to go looking for me. <laughs> because otherwise they were looking for Lupin and the gang. And at the second to last episode, there's a point where Lupin thinks maybe I'm going to retire. But he backpedals on that one pretty fast. <laughs> After Jigen shows up and takes down a whole police transport by himself. Nice. <laughs> you know what character was just kind of there through this entire season? That assistant to Zenigata. Yeah, what's his name? <laughs> <clears throat> I Does anybody remember. know his name? <laughs> I, 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 in the first storyline, because his, his appreciation of Zenigata is very, uh, wait a minute. Isn't that guy also in the woman named Fujiko Mine? No, that's a different guy. Oh, because they're basically the same. <laughs> Sorta. Okay, that's not entirely true, but the fact that they're like, but... But Inspector Zenigata deserves the credit. And Inspector Zenigata, his his whole career has been put on hold because of this Lupin nonsense. And Inspector Zenigata is just such a fanboy. Such it's a fanboy. It's great. Especially how forgettable he is. But in the moment, he's he's a, he's a good little uh, plug-in for Zenigata characterization. Good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, still have no idea what the fuck his name is. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like looking at the Wikipedia article and not finding it. I'm going to MAL right now to find it. Uh, I mean, it's good that they give Sandy got a partner for some of this time because he can't always just be working off a loop on. But oh man, where there's some great moments where he was working off of loop on, including a total highlight episode where he loses his memory. And all that he can remember is, is how to be a good gentleman thief. So he just oh starts God. doing that. Yes. And, and upping, like, beating Lupin at all of his planned heists. <laughs> Fantastic episode. I had so much fun with that. And that just shows you, like, the the next level obsession that Zenigata has with Lupin. It, it's, it's great. It was fun. Yeah. Exactly. Zenigata is obsessed with Lupin as much as Zenigata's assistant is obsessed with Zenigata. <laughs> okay, maybe Almost. not quite. <laughs> Almost. I don't think even Zenigata knows his assistant's name. Okay, so it's Goro Yatagatasu. Goro, yeah. When Goro first showed up, I kept on thinking, this guy might turn face at some point. But he never does. He's just... He's just a good boy. Goro's a good boy. That's all. 
Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, he's a completely original character to Part 5. Though apparently they did use him in the most recent special that aired in Japan, so maybe they're going to keep him around. Yeah, maybe. Maybe so. But Which is, you know, good news for Kaiji Tang. <laughs> if nobody <Yeah>. else. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting that they haven't really kept, like, a consistent partner for Zenigata because like later in the manga he has a partner called Melon Cop and then they gave him Oscar in the Fujikomino anime. So like oh, that oh right Oscar. Yeah. Oscar was Oscar a bit of a was weird psycho. Boy. He was a total psycho. <laughs> By the end there he totally was. Yeah. But I I'm all for Zenigata having like a consistent like partner. Because it gives him someone to bounce off of besides Lupin. Yeah, exactly. Which you need, because <laughs> otherwise, poor Zenigata, he's just driving around everywhere by himself. Lupin! <laughs> nice. <laughs> and once again, Doug Earholtz is doing a marvelous job as Zenigata. That was excellent casting. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean... I wouldn't say he sounds tremendously like the part two guy, but I think he's he's made the character his own, which I think is for the best. Honestly, I, yeah, like I think this is like the cast we have for part five and like most of like the newer discotheque Lupin dogs is kind of like the definitive Lupin cast at this point, in my opinion. Like if G Kids doesn't use this cast for like the CG Lupin film. I'm going to be sad. Very yeah. sad. Can I just say that this Zenigata was a little less hapless than the season, than the last season, uh, uh, last part Zenigata. He's like a little mm. less foolish. Yeah. I mean, in the previous one, he got totally duped by like every episode. in jail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, like, oh, Lupin, like I can't let you rot in jail, buddy. <laughs> That episode's so good, though. It is. That episode it's is, one of the best seasons. Ridiculous. It's yeah. so ridiculous. It's just totally Lupin, though. It's so ridiculous. That it's one's so funny, call. too, because it's like literally a reference to a part one episode, except they make it way more ridiculous by the end. Mm. Like, mm. It, it's so good. I do art with my rotten food all the time. I don't know about you guys. And it's a perfect rendition of me. Yeah. <laughs> that was impressive. He's such a talented guy. Gotta love Lupin. <laughs> Who else uh, greatly appreciated Lupin playing detective? Yes. Yes. We need to see more of that. And can can I just say, that's a good throwback to the original Arsene Lupin character. Like, not the third, but the original character. Where mm. he would also play detective and funny you brought up because uh hopefully by the time this podcast comes out my next article will come out because i do talk about that that the the connections between this lupon and the original lupon and and i i liked i liked that they did more of that throwback this season the detective episode was fun i hope they do a couple more of those throwbacks in future uh parts should be should be fun to not overuse the word even though i have take a drink everybody Take a drink, everyone. <laughs> Take a drink for every time she says 
fun. Quarantinis. Quarantinis. That could be the title of the podcast. Take a drink every time she says fun. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> For those of you who are legal, water is acceptable too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And having seen uh, Knives Out right around the time that that episode, uh, that I watched that episode, I was like, boy, this is really reminding me of Knives Out. <laughs> so first we got John Wick, and then we got Knives Out. <laughs> Classic whodunit stuff. Mm. And <laughs> what a clever realization that it was his twin brother, not a reflection. <laughs> Very good. Very good. And we've yet to talk about uh, Jigen's uh, particular episode where he goes up against a female sniper who has been hired by a guy who wants to kill Lupin, of course. <laughs> Turns out that she is the daughter of a really amazing sniper that Jigen knew a long time ago. And it's it's just great to see Jigen go all out in a gunfight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole time is like, Lupin, I shouldn't have to do this for you. He's like, yeah, but you're going to do it, right? <laughs> just can't beat that charisma. Yeah, I mean, whenever you get to see, like, Jigen go all out, you know, you're in for a good time. Plus, mm-hmm. I like that they kind of, like, gave, like, Jigen some, like, old connections to, like, have a conflict with, because... Like I said before, like these characters are usually static, so like having them actually like address their past and stuff is always like cool because it just like adds more to like the Lupin lore of confusing things because the Lupin timeline makes no sense. <laughs> uh, at this point, it definitely doesn't. <laughs> uh, I think yeah, everybody but... knows and nobody cares. We're just we're just along for the ride. Yeah, like every time like something gets retconned at this point, like it's just the assumption that Lupin was lying before. Or perhaps somebody's messing with the time stream. Oh god. Ooh, that's a potential Lupin movie premise right there. Uh yeah, or an OVA as it were. Because Toonami did play the OVA is Lupin the 3rd still burning, which touches on multiple classic moments in Lupin history as uh, I don't remember the name of the guy who's doing the time traveling uh, tries to erase the past so that Lupin never uh, builds his crew with the belief that uh, if Lupin doesn't have his crew he's nothing well that's at least partially true so we get more (laughs) wonderful (laughs) moments where Lupin's friends are like I don't know who you are (laughs) (laughs) but i enjoyed it i thought it was a neat neat thing if i was more familiar with the history of lupon i definitely would have enjoyed it more i feel but yeah i mean that thing is a that that like entire ova is just like a hodgepodge of just lupon reference after lupon reference like i remember watching it like the first time like an anime nyc like 2018 and the moment it started like showing like remade footage of like lupon episode one of like part one i was like oh my god what is this thing 
Like it just goes through all the different like tonal shifts of Lupin. It's it's kind of crazy. And the only thing that's keeping you aware of the time changes is the colors of the jackets. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, nice. look at the jacket. Yeah, that's a good reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where did other jackets show up in this season? Okay, there was the smart safe. That was. Was he wearing the pink jacket? Oh, that episode is so forgettable. I'm sorry. I'm just. I think uh, Pablo's collection was another one where he was wearing a particular jacket. Uh, the Albert episode, he had a particular jacket. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I gotta see a video. I could be wrong. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe this season is the one that establishes that sometimes Lupin can change the color of his jacket. <laughs> just. Just cause. <clears throat> yeah, I we... know that there was green at some point, and I'm pretty sure there was a red jacket at some point. Yeah, they use all four of the main jackets throughout mm-hmm. the season, but I'm not sure like when they use them off Didn't the top of my head. Black jacket at some point. He has a black jacket in a what is it? Goodbye, partner. Like the special that came out in like early 2019 that discotech recently put out and you should go buy because it's awesome and, and it has a just keeps on adding more and more lupon stuff bless their hearts you can never have too much lupon and they're you know, even releasing the Conan time, blu-rays now the last time we talked about this show that uh, that cgi lupon movie had not come out yet it only just been recently announced and now it has aired in japan Screened in Japan, I suppose, would be the yeah. more appropriate term. And it's supposed to screen in the U.S. at some point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Blu-ray is already out in Japan. I've, I've seen a bit of footage from it just here and there online, and God, it looks amazing. It looks so good. I, I need it. I, I need it right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think he had the... Did he have the green jacket for Detective Jim Bartnett? think he did maybe yeah have to look the episode I'll mix it up. It, yeah it's fine it's whatever <laughs> i just know he had both at some point and he had the pink jacket at some point too the print pink jack- jacket was definitely uh the brain one yeah yeah for some reason i thought it was the red one but no it had to be the pink jacket huh now we're done talking about Lupin's choices in attire. <laughs> oh, wait, we have to talk about Lupin's choices in attire. Those old man costumes. Nice. <laughs> Where they got a hideout at a particular place and they decide to live, uh, he and G, and live as old men. <laughs> that's, that's good stuff. So in the episode uh, when Fujiko's invading their... Uh, hideout uh the toilet is busted <laughs> or it seems like it is so it's always like hey don't forget to put your disguise on before you go down to your room it's like oh come on man i'm just going down there <laughs> but then zenigata comes by because of course he does yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but it's 
overall, a pretty good time. I, I, I would say if I was going to grade this, maybe, maybe a four leaning towards 3.5. I'm, I'm, I wasn't digging it a hundred percent of the time, but it definitely had some good moments. And I would say I enjoyed it more than season part four. <laughs> Season. <laughs> Do we have a differing opinion? <laughs> I loved Rebecca. I mean, I, I gave it three and a quarter, as I said, but I loved Rebecca, so I will never back down from that. She she was she was fun. And she's blonde and adorable. Well, some of my favorite episodes from that season heavily involved Rebecca, so there's that. But Yes. Yeah, like, I really like Part 4, and, like, The Woman Called Fujiko Mine will probably always be my favorite Lupin series, because it's just so different from everything else. But Part 5 might be a close second at this point, followed by Part 4. Like, I just really love the direction that Lupin has taken in recent years, like, kind of reinventing itself so that it's not just, like, heist after heist. Like, it's actually trying to cater better towards like a modern audience while still like retaining what made Lupin so special back in the old days. So And this whole I'm, season I'm was feeling. an allegory for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it works out perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, well he's he's a fifty year old character essentially, so you have to balance him being timeless and still being flexible and broad enough to go into the next uh, a decade or even the, the next 50 years. So having him be his classic self and also meeting all this technology, you know, it, 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 it makes it a good season to me overall. I, I am looking forward to the next. And I have to say to redeem what I said earlier about Fujiko, her saving the girls from the rapey kidnappers was a good scene for her. I liked that, so I approved. Oh, and so clever about doing it, too. Yeah. Like, that was a good plan. Yeah. She's a boss bitch, and even if she can be annoying, she's still the boss bitch, and I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I'm not quite sure what to think of her relationship with Lupin by the end of this season they they definitely like in previous seasons it's always been like oh Lupin digs her and she tolerates him <laughs> but in this one it seems like she might genuinely have feelings for him but she's not sure of herself yeah I just don't care I'm sorry I, I'm so <laughs> over it <laughs> Yeah, I mean, by the end, it's just it's complicated in large, bold letters. Yeah, that, that's all it is. Exactly. <laughs> I just get so sick of it. I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. You don't know anymore. You have feelings. You don't have feelings. Let's all just move on. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Kuro doesn't like getting strung along. That's all. Mm, that's fair. I mean, maybe they'll explore it more in part six, if we get a part six. God, no. Take that back. Don't say such nonsense. <laughs> oh, boy. There'll be more Lupin of some sort, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah I do hope for more Lupin. Absolutely. I'm ready for the next set. 
At the very least, we can stave off our Lupin hunger by just buying more Lupin sets from Discotech. <laughs> There's plenty to go around. So much Lupin. Probably Any... too much Lupin. <laughs> Any additional thoughts before we wrap up here? I mean, I just find Lupin in general is a real, like... It... it... I don't know that I'd call it a casual show, but I feel like it's it's it it is both it can be wholesome, but at the same time it can also be very much the opposite depending on what you're uh, on what you get at least with uh, how the uh, most recent two series have been, which <laughs> I like that. I may or may not be in the mood for the individual episode, depending on what it is, but it's a nice mixed bag, and I mean that in the uh, best of ways. Fair. Yep. That's a good point. And I continue to appreciate Toonami's making people aware of it, because I guarantee you that as (laughs) notable a show as it is, not, not, not it, it has become evident that people didn't even see it when it like was on Adult Swim in like two thousand and what two, three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like Lupin is definitely one of those things where you have people who've seen it and are really, really into it and will like buy everything Lupin related. Mm-hmm. But like in the grand scheme of like the anime fandom, like Lupin fans are pretty small niche mm-hmm. yeah I think Duelist is an excellent point it's a great contribution to the Tsunami lineup it's it's very uh, um, it's a whole package it's got a lot of different elements to it and it makes it take a shot everyone a fun addition to the <laughs> to the block yeah it's definitely something <laughs> different too because like a lot of what we get usually is like battle shonen series or a Gundam. So this yeah. like helps put in a little different flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when it finishes a season and then it leaves, it definitely is noticeable. <laughs> and, and you get a sense of uh, finality and satisfaction from it, but still hunger for the next batch of Lupin. It, it's, it's good like that. It leaves you at the end of the night. You can say, oh, I liked that episode. And then you can go to bed, not craving for the next part of the uh, cliffhanger. Hmm. Yes. Though after Duelist and I caught up on part five, he was like, man, I wish we had more loop on to watch. <laughs> Which <Well>. we do. <laughs> but <laughs> not more of that kind. Yeah, yeah. Just have to go watch like all 150 episodes of uh, part two. By the way, I I, I think that this might be a uh, this 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 is uh, the rumor mill, but a pretty. Uh, I'm going to just try that sentence again. For <laughs> no worries. You can do it, Dula. It's like a good time to talk about the fact that there are uh, rumors circulating on Twitter from fairly notable sources that uh, Discotech has their hands on some more 
unannounced classic Lupin TV specials, but that really doesn't sound like anything very surprising. Yeah, I mean, they've been, like, trying to, like, license almost all of them at this point, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, more Lupin is kind of par for the course for Discotech at this point. I'm more surprised that they've been getting into Detective Conan licenses. Pleasantly surprised. I mean, I'll always take some Conan. They just announced, like, another movie them. or something? Yeah, they... Is that a movie? They, they are just are releasing uh, episode one, or episode one, the special, which is like a remake of episode one, sort of. And that's mm-hmm. coming out this month. And then they're releasing Zero the Enforcer, which is like the 23rd movie um, in September. And they're both dubbed, and the dub is really good. I unfortunately have not had the uh, opportunity to hear it of yet I would highly recommend it I will certainly check it out sooner if it ends up on the like retro crush or something randomly but you never know honestly I hope it does because more people need to watch Conan Detective Conan is amazing I just want them to keep dubbing Lupin stuff with uh our favorite cast there. And uh, if they do end up dubbing for the the 3D movie, I think that would be pretty fantastic. Yeah, I mean, G-Kids is handling that, though, so we'll, we'll see what happens, I guess. I mean, they, they, they seem to be pretty on the, on the ball, generally. So, but yeah, we'll see. We shall indeed. So at the, at the end of the day, I know I I kind of gave Toonami grief for going back to Lupin when they did, because at the time it didn't seem like the best idea. And even then, they moved it up earlier in the block when they added Food Wars, which is still probably maybe a bit questionable. But bless their hearts for doing it. They gave this show a shot. And eventually it ended up at 3 a.m., <laughs> Loop on the third at three a.m. <laughs> but they they did the show well and made sure that people knew that it existed. So good on them, and uh, hopefully y'all enjoyed it in some capacity, and that you enjoyed listening to us ramble about it. <laughs> Always. Yes. And with that, uh, let's do the usual house cleaning. You can email us at podcast at com. Be sure to uh, let us know what you thought about Loop on the Third Part 5, and maybe we'll read that on the podcast if we get some good commentary. You can follow us on facebook.com backslash Toonami Faithful Podcast and on Twitter at Toonami Podcast. You can listen to this podcast on just about everything, including iTunes, Google Music, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever. You can find every episode of the podcast to stream online at soundcloud.com backslash Toonami Faithful Podcast and get the latest news, views, and reviews at ToonamiFaithful.com and by following at Toonami News on Twitter. Also, feel free to subscribe to the Toonami Faithful Past on patreon.com backslash Toonami Faithful if you want to support us and help us out. There's multiple tiers. Go have a look. And uh, if you 
can't support us financially, then please just share the podcast and let other people know about it. Because people still don't know that Toonami is airing. So I gotta figure they don't know about this podcast. <laughs> I still find that hilarious. Tell Hilar- all your friends, guys. Be good. Be a good listener. Yeah. Oh, Kuro, tell them where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Happy Kuro Kitty. You can also find me writing articles for my esteemed colleagues at tsunamifaithful.com and attempting poorly to have an Instagram prepared where it will feature cats cats and whore cats, and sometimes on a special day, anime cats. Ooh. Oh mm. my. Mm. <laughs> Duelist, where can they find you? Uh, mostly Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at at heartofsword75. Uh, please check out uh, my uh, bi-weekly-ish regular podcast uh, podcast ONA where we focus on the uh, most up-to-date and late-breaking anime news for your uh, compact listening pleasure. Uh, you can find updates for them over at the Surreal Resolution Twitter. That's at Sur- Surreal S-U-R-R-E-A-L Rezo R-E-S-O <laughs> Lord, where can they find you? People can mainly find me on Twitter at VLordGTZ. I'm usually on there talking about whatever I'm doing, which is usually reading manga, writing reviews, or not sleeping. It's an endless <laughs> cycle. But speaking of my reviews, you can find my manga and light novel focused ones over on all-comic.com. And then you can find my Tanami articles and anime reviews over on tanamifaithful.com but I also host the Demon Slayer podcast and the Actage podcast um, those can be found on Twitter at Podcast and at Actage podcast respectively and those are streaming on basically every podcast streaming platform so go find us and listen to our podcast if you're a Shonen Jump fan I think you'll definitely enjoy both of those, so please check them out. You mean to tell me it's not Act Age? It is not Act Age. Uh, against popular belief. It's really weird. My mind is blown. <laughs> to a lesser extent what he said. <laughs> I've been saying that wrong for a while. <laughs> nice. And you can find me on Twitter at Sketch1984, and uh, you can find Paul Pascrillo, uh, founder and CEO of TsunamiFaithful.com, at, uh, at Paul Pascrillo. Thank you for listening to us ramble on. We hope you had a good time. And with that, we're punching out. Sublow and Tangy Mustard! Take a shot! She said fine. Woo! What the? <laughs> tell, tell us, what is that series really about? Actage is about a young teenage girl <laughs> named Yonagi Sorry. who is basically taking care of her little siblings 
And as a coping mechanism, she has like essentially gained the ability to emulate whatever she sees like interacting. So like she can fully immerse herself in any role, but she loses her own identity in the process. So it's like about her trying to make a career in acting despite her like talents appearing dangerous to people within the acting industry. It's a really kind of fascinating and like oddball Shonen Jump series, but it's really fun to read. That sounds interesting. Thank you. For it does. Me. I I'm not sure I 100% understood it, but it sounded interesting enough to check out. <laughs> the the easy way to describe a duelist is acting the battle manga. All right. That's uh, basically what I figured it was. <laughs> you know, like one of those uh one of those shows where people compete to be actors or singers or what have you. That kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's less of like an acting competition, more of like the main character is trying to like compete against like other actors like in like the films that she's in so that she is the more memorable like actor in the film okay okay mm. so that's kind of reminding me of smile down the runway sort of yeah I, I, i'd yeah. say they're pretty close in comparison i okay. almost made that comparison i beat you to it no, I gotta, I gotta pass on it. I'm sorry. It sounds. I'm glad you're enjoying it, but we, we are too many, too many of these like let's drive people against each other competition type of shows now. And and anime, they really do it in a vitriolic way when it comes to female characters. So I, I'd rather see more togetherness, more camaraderie, more teamwork in my shows. So. There's too you much black swan in this anime industry. Right? <laughs> yeah, like perfect Guys, you've seen the hashtag we're all in this together. <laughs> I see the hashtag on my store's radio every day. Yes, you're in this with me. You're the one who's right, Hank. You're helping me pay my bills and filing my unemployment claims and all that jazz. <laughs> we're all in this together. Okay, that was enough sarcasm for girl. That's reminding me of the High School Musical song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can hear it in my head now. Which one? Is it that one that goes, bet on it, 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 bet on it? No, not that one. The one that's literally, we're all in this together. This is how we We're all in this together. This is how we lose our subscribers. <gasps> oh. Who thought it was a good idea to put Zach Efron in the role of Fred Jones? Oh Come god. on. Oh my god. I look at that Scoob cast and I'm like, you know, this cast would have made sense like five to ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> the cast just yeah. like completely turned me off in that movie. Though it's now on HBO Max, so it I is. won't have to pay money for it. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't uh, bother to pay to rent it digitally because now I don't have to. Speaking of uh, High School Musical, has anyone checked out High School Musical, the musical, the series, the stage play, the radio drama, the... No. Duelist. I don't Whatever that... 
<laughs> Whatever that thing over just... Also, I think we broke Corel. No. <laughs> oh, man, all these Skype notifications. All these Skype notifications are popping up in my audio. I think that just adds to it. It's mm. it's real. It's, it's not fake. We're having a high school musical meltdown. Let's Stop, have... please, before before I go in Mecca mode. It's the Skype train wreck 4D immersion. <laughs> hey, I have the hammer hands, and I will use them, guys. Don't make me. Don't make me use the hammer hands. I'm I'm scared. <laughs> Hammer hands, huh? That makes me think of hammer guns. And if you remember hammer guns, then you should check out as Steve Yurko and somebody else suffers through four kids one piece in a oh new God. podcast. Oh, no. I thought you were going to bring up uh, Hammer Paw for a second there. So. Oh, Hammer Paw. Yeah. Check out Kipo on Netflix. It's good. I think that's a sign we should get out of here. I think and Brand New Animal is also good. And Beastars. And now there's so many good things. So Go watch all the furry anime on Netflix. Yes, all watch good. all the furry anime. Okay, I watched, I watched one episode of Beastar. No, I watched one episode of Brand New Animal before I was like, okay, Trigger, I'm going to need you to make a Ninja Turtles thing right now. I'd watch it. It'd be dope. I mean, they did that dinosaur heroes toy line fake ad, uh, fake opening sequence for that Toy Story uh, OVA. <laughs> I called it an OVA. It's a direct-to-video Toy Story thing where they basically do Ninja Turtles, and it was oh, so good. <laughs> and then I watched Beastars, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this would be amazing. But you know what? Rise of the TMNT does a lot of things that are trigger-esque, so I guess I'm kind of already getting it. People should give that show a chance. I know it's different. I, I still haven't watched it, but I haven't watched Nickelodeon in, like, ages. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I stopped <laughs> watching Nickelodeon when they took away Avatar The Last Airbender. You didn't even watch Korra? That was Avatar. Okay, so you're counting that. All right, that's. I, I went back for it. I, I made a I made a reappearance for for Cora. Ah, that's fair. I mean, the only time in recent that I really actively watched Nickelodeon is when the 2012 Ninja Turtles was on. But now their scheduling is so stupid that I just buy the season on Vudu and watch it at my leisure. Yeah, like I watched Loud House on there for a while, but then I just hated like they would put like episodes out at like the most random times. Yeah. But hey, if you like Loud House, at least they play that plenty. Yeah. <laughs> Almost every show much. that I liked on uh, Nickelodeon always ends up not being played often or at all. <laughs> but that's okay. I'm an adult. <laughs> you keep telling yourself that, Sketch. <laughs> I try to remind adults. I, I try. Adult. <laughs> I adult badly, though. I'll be honest. Do any okay, of us adult good? <laughs> well, I mean, I have a more. You know what? I I feel so. I've almost come to this to the conclusion that uh, I I think everyone adults badly and. Any other perception of such is just because we're watching other people and assuming they know what they're doing. 
That is. I like that. Very true. I mean, I, I spend like my paycheck on manga, so I have I priorities. I impulsively adopted two kittens because there were two kittens, so. But they're adorable. No, they're so cute. And they've taken over my life. That's what kittens do. Also, we should really end this thing. <laughs> yeah, we need to end this podcast and edit some of this out. <laughs> I had a coworker offer to give me two of her birds. She has four birds. No, six birds. She has six birds. She's like, I'm thinking about having somebody take two. And I'm like, hmm, I have been thinking about getting a bird. Birds are fun. <laughs> it, I mean, they wake you up early, which is annoying, but they can be fun. Also, I hope you're going to edit this out. <laughs> Maybe. I'm, I'm sabotaging it on purpose, so you will. Uh, I see. My God. Guys, uh, we were doing so well, and then we tangented so badly at the end of that podcast. We tangented <laughs> into the sun. I blame Sketch. We normally will do that in the middle, and I was like, guys, we can make it through a whole podcast on track, and then off to the side, we went, like, way the hell out to Pluto. <laughs> I mean, when you think about, it, like, having it at the end is at least easier to edit. It is. Very much so. Uh, I have a point where we're terrible. all getting really goofy. We're all getting kind of silly, you know. My cat's attacking my toes, stuff like that. <laughs> Sketch, just, just, just. Uh, what you got to do is take that last, uh, however long, and push it like twenty seconds after the podcast actually finishes, like O and A does. Oh yeah. <laughs> the uh, the special bloopers section. I might. I, I haven't done that in a while. Usually I collect the bloopers of multiple episodes and put them all out as a special. The no, blooper stuff that can be really funny. I, I always I always liked listening to them when it was not me recording. <laughs> it does make more sense to just stick them at the end of the podcast, though. But then I have to have transitional music. I gave you some. Yeah, you, you sure did. <laughs> Why didn't you play that? It's it's the theme song to Sublo and Tangy Mustard. It's a it's a cartoon that's on YouTube. It's fairly entertaining. Kind of like if regular show didn't get weird. Yes, because that show doesn't get weird at all. You're right. I mean, it got super weird by the end. Like, I've been binging it all, and I have, like, eight episodes left. And I got to, like, the whole Pops reveal. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's... <laughs> I'm, I I'm very, very early on in it for what that's worth, because I'm terrible. I was watching yeah. some guy's review, so, and he felt like season seven is where the show just really lost its way. And then, I mean, at that oh, point, you're really just throwing everything at the fan. Like, yeah. And then they did the last season, which somewhat redeemed itself, but also continued going straight. I do think yeah. it had a strong final episode, which is about all I could ask for. Yeah, like the space stuff, I think, is still fun, but I definitely am noticing that I'm less interested in what's going on, and I just kind of want to see the plot move. Yeah. Well, I mean, normally there isn't much of a plot, so you wouldn't need to have that. 
Yeah, but when there is a plot, it's like, okay, just get to the place. Do the thing. And how many times can Mordecai and Rigby have a falling out? I mean, come on. And Mordecai. Ridiculous. At the very least, the Format Wars episodes are still amazing. I love that. That was so beautiful. That show definitely has an appreciation for uh, formats. Streaming was the real villain all along. <laughs> it got so freaking meta. <laughs> it's like, you've been watching us this whole time? <laughs> Very Matrix. We see what you're doing. <laughs> uh, I need close enough in my veins right now. <laughs> 